previously. Someone who you thought was your friend was never your friend and he already has betrayed you. I can see him from two cameras, like close. There's something ain't right with these two motherfuckers in that car. They go straight looking at me. When I jump out the way, all of a sudden I feel like someone tackles me. Boom! It took the thing up off my head. What's up, rabbit? What's good? Basically, I got, I got snatched up by the rebels. Basically, that's not preventiva. Like, look, we're not gonna tell you who it is. I'm saying like someone from TJ gave gave the info to the FBI. And right there, they take me to their like headquarters. Come, that's where they fingerprint you and then they do the little paparazzi shit with all the fucking taking all the pictures for the news and um, I went to court and then that's when they tell you like this is a special circumstances case that means it's a death penalty case now, now I'm in the county like I said hearing my real name after all these years and introducing myself as Conejo from Harpy's Dead End like that shit spread quick like everybody knew I was in the county jail like you know I went to court this one day and then my attorney said, like, hey, the, you know, the, there's this offer right here. This is what it is. And um, you take it. You go home today. We'll, we'll, we'll plead you down to a, to a lesser charge of this, which is um, involuntary manslaughter. And um, you'll be home by tonight, like around 7 o'clock, 7 p.m. They let me up out of there around like 7, 7.30. And I remember I walked out, and my girl and my sister were there, and, you know, they hugged me. And... And I came out of there in a paper suit, some a black paper suit, some black Crocs. Episode four, let's go. I'm gonna tell you who I was at the time of season one in these last three episodes. I'm gonna tell you exactly who I was. I was a single father that was tired of running, tired of hiding, tired of not being able to get a good night of sleep. You know what I'm saying? Could you imagine what it's like having Interpol, FBI, U.S. Marshals, LAPD, and on top of that, Mexican authorities also looking for you. Would you be able to handle the ones that I worried about the most were the ones that captured me. La Unidad de Enlance Internacional de la Policía Estatal Preventiva that works as a direct contact with some of the agencies I just mentioned as well as others like Immigration Customs Enforcement AKA ICE Customs and Border Protection CBP, Border Patrol and even sometimes the United States Marines just that alone is enough to make a motherfucker lose his mind. But wait, let's not forget, I had several enemies roaming in the vicinity. All the while, I was just trying to give my daughter Kay the best life that I could. Being a single father, and then being in the middle of a war where you have to wear a bulletproof vest, wear a bulletproof vest, have your chopper right there at your side, Looking at the blinds like, like the wrong one, but you're not. You just the adrenaline that, like survival mode kicks in. That that adrenaline kicks in, and, and you're on it, and, and you're getting tired, and you lay down on the bed, and, and you look, and you look to your right, 
you got a one-year-old, a two-year-old daughter right there, three-year-old daughter laying there next to you with little baby blankets. And on top of the baby blankets, she got a bulletproof vest on. That's beef. Who's talking about fucking rap beefs and shit like that and uh, this kind of... Motherfuckers don't know what beef is, for reals. They arrested my boy about... I would say about... Three years before they, they got to me. And you know, he was already in the U.S. Because we were over here, but then he was in the U.S. He went... He crossed over to the U.S. And... I still was over there. Man, I, I dealt with all kinds of shit while he was gone over there. And then um then I remember the day that I that I heard that he got arrested and shit fucked me up. Like like paranoia set in, like major, like depression, paranoia, all that shit. I ran into someone from his family over there and they was like nah shit's looking good shit's looking good the case is looking good and then they were telling me but just lay low because if both of you are if both of you come in on it then you know it, it might it might change the balance of things so you know I was laying low and shit and and then he was there for about like nine months and then they they, 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 they dropped the charges on they dismissed the case so once they did that, you know, I was happy. I, I felt like, well, if he went home, shit, then I could be there too. And then I think there's where it started, like, like my mentality about, like, man, I want to go home. Like, I always wanted to go home. I, I was, shit, I stayed homesick, like. So that's what season one is about. Human perseverance, surviving, and doing the only one thing that would bring peace into my life, which was making music. Maybe as a form of documenting my life. You know, the mindset was that I always believed that the album that I was working on would be the last album that I would put out. I recorded at least 80 albums when I was on this journey. And I believe that's where I found my true voice. Just envision yourself knowing that tomorrow's not promised, whether it be prison or death. That's what awaits you. Would you record one song? Would you record one album? Yeah, I know, we not all the same. I guess we do what we can. I went through this in my late 20s, all of my 30s, into my early 40s. You do the math, the numbers are there. That's right. And all this happened in Tijuana, que viene siendo la quinta ciudad más poblada de México. TJ is the fifth most populated city in Mexico. And since it's right there next to San Diego, motherfucker felt like he was in LA. Hiding in plain sight. Violent crime in Tijuana has reached record levels. just one week in August. TJ is one of the most dangerous cities in the world. According to reports, in 2019, there was 31,174 murders recorded. And that's not counting all the peeps that go missing and are never found. 
The only way I know how all of this could have happened, I guess it was just the perfect storm. The night I was featured on Fox 11 News. As you know, my journey started in the state of Jalisco. It is located in western Mexico and is bordered by six states, which are Nayarit, Zacatecas, Aguascalientes, Guanajuato, Michoacán, and Colima. I remember the first night that that we dipped into to Mexico. Me and my boy Looney, like it's a strange feeling when you go in there. You know, you, you ain't never gonna come back. That's what I thought. Like in my head, I, I would never come back. And then as we made our way towards like Jalisco, because that's that's where that was the first stop. So as as we on the way to Jalisco, like. Looking at all these places, like driving through all these other states, man, that shit, that shit, man, felt fucked up. Leaving home, Los Angeles, you know, man. I remember when I left, I was banged out. I had a Dodgers jacket, big ass Levi's, the white K-Swiss. shirts, the big white shirts, and, and then I get over there, and you know, it was, once 
once I touched down, it was kind of cool, you know, I was like, all right, you know, we in Mexico, we smell the food, the this, the ambience was just like, like, I got there in a time when, when the place where I was at, they had Las Fiestas, and that's where, like, it's like they have a, a big party going on for, like, a, two weeks to a month, every single night, so, so I didn't, I didn't realize nothing, you know, but, but then, like, after that month, that shit just hit me. Like, man, and then my boy Looney always used to tell me, he used to be like, man, this is home, fool. And I'd be like, hell nah, fuck no, this is your home. And he's like, nah, this is home. And, and in reality, that shit, that shit became home, you know? I had been staying in this two-story house all by myself. Me and my co-defendant, G. Loons, we had went our own ways. We had split up. The thing is, we didn't want to be seen together. You know, we felt that, that we could be spotted easier that way, you know what I'm saying? But we stayed in contact all the time. He'd hit me up or I hit him up. As time went on, I had a landline put into this pad. Only certain people had that number. You know what I'm saying? And um, the phone jack was downstairs. So, you know, the phone was downstairs. And um, this one night, someone kept on banging my line all night. But since I was way upstairs in the back room, motherfucker was lazy to go downstairs and answer it. But I already knew something was up because it kept on ringing and it kept on ringing. You know what I'm saying? I, something was telling me, you know, that something was up. But, you know, I just put the covers over my head and, and, and fought it and, and went to sleep, tried to go to sleep, you know what I'm saying? Insomnia, also known as sleeplessness, a disorder in which people have trouble and difficulty staying asleep. Another, another thing is that like where I was at, the time zone was different. You know, at certain times of the year, it's a two hour difference from LA to Jalisco, you know, so let's just say the phone was ringing at 2 in the morning, it was probably 12 in LA. So the next morning I get that call and um, basically they just, they tell me that, that, that we had appeared on, on the news on the LA Most Wanted thing that they had going, you know what I'm saying? That shit fucked me up. And I felt like, like the whole world was closing in on me. Like, I had my back against the wall and I had nowhere to go. And smoking weed didn't make it any better. You know what I'm saying? And as a matter of fact, that shit made it worse. So that day in the town that I was in, there had been these presidential elections going on, but only of that town, not the whole country. And then, um, so this one partido, that's what they call them, had won. So there was all this, so there was all this like celebrating and, and party going on and, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, like bringing in the new guy that was, that was going to take office. You know, there was parades, they were partying. You know, all types of celebration, you know, people was happy, you know, that they had one of theirs put into office. And, you know, 
for some reason, you know, I felt like, like just like getting out of the house because, man, I was all, like I said, I was all fucked up. My mind was spinning. And as I walked down the street headed towards downtown, you know, I felt like I was watching a fucking movie. Honestly, like, I, I would like look at people, like facial expressions, like just everything, you know, like. It was like a sort of like a out of body experience, you know. Like I felt like, look, my life's all fucked up, and their shit's straight. They were celebrating, you know. They, what whatever their life was about, it just didn't seem as bad as what I was going through, you know. They were living a normal life, and me, I was a wanted man. Honestly, I was so out of it, motherfucker was nauseous, you know, headache, dizziness. All that shit. So I walked up into this one store and I got some beer, you know what I'm saying? And I'm thinking que me chingue como una cinco, seis, siete, no sé. You know, it was hot too, so I was, you know, I was thirsty. And um, nothing, usually two beers, three beers got me fucked up. But like, I guess every with, with everything that, that was going on, like, I didn't feel nothing, I was just... You know, there was thoughts like, like running through my mind, like, like, you know, just thinking about all the wrong choices that I had made in my life, you know? That if I should have did this, or I should have been here, I should have been there, I should have focused on this. But, you know, Honestly, like, even suicide was an option. A definite option at that moment. Suicide is the act of intentionally causing one's own death. You know what I'm saying? I was at a very low point in my life, and... And, and with the days to come, like, like, massive paranoia kicked in. Paranoia. A psychological disorder characterized by delusions of persecution or grandeur. Whether it be like these UPS style trucks that were delivering like chips and sodas and you know bullshit to the little stores they got over there. These little stores over there, they're, they're all over the place. They're called, they say abarrotes on the front of them. You know, so sometimes them shits will, those shits will hit that corner and I'll be right there and you know, it'll just make me like, like get on alert. You know, I'll be on alert. I'll, I'll be on my toes. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 you know, like, the thing is that, like, people start giving you strange looks. Like, me, I used to go to Mexico all the time. My fa I used to visit Mexico at least, like, once a year when I was a kid. Like, all my family would caravan down there, and we stayed for, like, a month. And, you know, like, because every year they got, like, we'd go, like, in Christmas all the way, almost all the way to Las, Las Fiestas. Every town got like a certain month where they have like a like a like a carnival type shit. You know what I'm saying? And I used to love Mexico back then, but it's different when when you know you gotta go to Mexico and you, there there ain't no coming back. You know that shit's it, it's different. That shit's like it's almost like culture shock. It's um like me, motherfucker went into depression like I. I thought about like just like turning myself in like I couldn't I couldn't deal with it like like I said like people's faces started to look strange to me and 
And you know, th this was the land of my parents, you know what I'm saying? But the thing is that when you start to stay longer than usual, people start asking themselves, why is he here? You know, they know that I, that I was born in the US, so I can't be deported. So everybody knows when, when their kids get in trouble, they in Mex, you know, the next day type shit. It gets to the point where sometimes you don't even trust your family, you know, because, you know, motherfuckers start hating. Fools think that, that, like, sometimes even, like, like giving you up, they doing a good thing. You know, they ain't going to get nothing out of it, but they feel that by doing that, they're doing a good thing. And, um, you know, I just... I just like, you know, went on with it. Like, a day at a time, I guess, you know? But this one day, I get a call from my co-defendant. And he's like, hey, pack up your stuff. I'm gonna be buying a few hours. Nos cayó jalen. There's money to be made. And at that point, what I thought was the end was only the beginning of a new chapter in the book of my life. Rest in peace, Ego Luna. Even though we had some bad times on that journey, we also had some great ones. Much love, my boy. This episode was brought to you by Bonnaroo.org. Make sure you check out our newly designed store and merchandise. Stay tuned for our Patreon, a hub that will offer produced video and behind the scenes content. Get in-depth music and lyric breakdown episodes. Subscribers will get to download exclusive music soundtracks. So for more information, go ahead and visit InsideAsinisterMind.com Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on all platforms. <laughs>